You are now listening to How Do You Do? Featuring Bread Breakfast and Hannah Backwards. It's time to learn, y'all. Hi, hello, and welcome to How Do You Do? My name is Bread Breakfast. Who are you? I'm Hannah Backwards. Who's with us? My name is Johnny Bracco. And I sell cars for a living. Wow. We're going to ask you lots of questions about that. But first, we've got a rant. This is a very special rant. Because it's about someone, someone I don't know. Well, I mean, I do know them, some of the people who would be affected. But I don't care about those people. You see, I wish Buck Cherry fans would have to pay more for goods and services so they would have less money with which to support Buck Cherry. <laughs> That's how much I hate Buck Cherry. It does not make me a crazy bitch. I know that much. <laughs> Buck Cherry is the worst. Yeah, I, I support that statement. To be fair, let me interject. Yeah, feel free. As, as not a Buck Cherry fan, as a guy who sells cars, yeah, Buck Cherry fans already pay more in interest because their credit is usually not very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like when they can buy a car, they are already punished. <laughs> so I mean, you've already kind of gotten your wish. Uh, okay, that's that's good. See, that's first step right there. You're already done. That's good. <laughs> I mean, I've got lots to say about financing and all that, but there should be uh, an option, a vehicle that it was kind of no frills. I mean, air conditioning because we live in Oklahoma, but that's and seatbelts, safety stuff, but otherwise no frills. And you could buy it for like $3,000 at very most. And it's a one-time purchase, and a company could make those, and they would make so much fucking money just selling, making and selling those cars. They could be easy to work on. Um, hell, they could be hard to work on, and you have to take it to a place. But that doesn't matter. That's not part of my idea. I just, I want to not have to use credit for things. Yeah. We have options where we don't have to use credit and basically everything else. And I have bad credit because I burned my, well, blew myself up and burned myself so badly. So, like, what the fuck am I going to do? Right. I go buy a car. Oh, yeah. Paid 24% interest. That's what I'm going to do. 21 in Oklahoma. Yeah, still. Jesus. That's the max in Oklahoma, and it's terrifying. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying. There is an Indian company um, that is, I think it's the name of Tata that does something similar Tata. to that. Tata, yep. But again, you, you have to live in India. Yeah. And, and that's not going to work here. Nope. So, and this is America. I mean, you know. Where our government likes everyone to be bent over hard. That's another... We're not going to get into politics. There would be... We pay high for our freedom. Yeah, there would be... 
so many of these cars on the roads that at first you'd be like, oh, well, the people with their, their big trucks would be making fun of them. No, they'd be driving them, too, because it just saved them $57,000, you know? Right. And, in, I mean, gas alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We can talk about truck people, too, because oh, I know you sell some trucks. Oh, we will talk about truck people. Trust me. I worked at Ford for six months. Yeah. We're going to talk about truck people. I was at GM. Ooh. At GMAC. Or GM. What is it? It's... Or it's Ram, GM, which encompasses Chevy. And Dodge? Well, I was going to say, Do- those are... Dodge and Ram are separate. Dodge and... So Dodge and Ram are separate. That's all Chrysler Corporation. Yeah. That's all... But GM is GM, Chevy, Cadillac, all of those brands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there's that separation there. And they used to have Buick and... Yeah, is Buick, oh, that, no, that, yeah, you know, Buick I'm sorry. is still around. Buick is still around. I'm thinking, what was that other brand I'm thinking Plymouth. of? Plymouth. Plymouth and Oldsmobile. Yeah. 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 Remember the old Oldsmobiles yes. that used to rock around? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with not even being the one to get rich on this idea. Because I, I don't have the ability to do so. <laughs> but, I mean, one of the cheapest cars you can buy right now... Well, I don't think they're making them anymore. It was the Ford Fiesta. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Yeah, like $11,000 for a car. Right. You could get it in a sedan or a hatchback. <laughs> and by God, those were terrifying because Ford never figured out CVT. Yeah. They never figured it out. 60,000 miles, you've got a shit box that won't shit. Yeah. So, and... You know, it's one of those things that there are certain brands that have CVTs that work. Nissan's not great at it. Nissan's not great at it. Um, they got better. They Glad. got a lot better in the later generations. Glad the third, to hear. The third generation of CVT is not as terrible as the first or second generation, but it took two tries to get it right. Yeah. Um, which, of course, I work in an Infinity dealer, so Nissan is the parent company of Infinity. Yeah. So we see those. Luckily, they're phasing them out in our Infinities. Finally, they're getting seven, eight, nine-speed transmissions instead of CVTs. Because that was one of the things that I was. I'm always hesitant to sell somebody something with a CVT because I know that's going to be a future headache for them. Yeah. All cars are going to have some form of headache later on in life. They are, but you know I'm. One of the few guys that wants to sell a car that's not going to break down in six months or a year or two years. I'd like for you to have it for six years before you go, all right, it's starting to turn into a shit box. Let's get something else. You know? Currently, my car, a 2010 or 11 Nissan Sentra, has no balls in reverse. <laughs> Just no power. None at all. It's it's horrible. Yeah. Second generation CVT right there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It also makes fun noises. We won't get into all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are your facts? So um, I have one, and it's that it's believed the first car maker to sell through a franchise dealer was Winton, 
which switched from making bicycles to producing single-cylinder wooden-framed cars in Cleveland, Ohio in 1897. Fantastic. The first car dealer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Did you get anything else? No, that's it. Okay. I have one. I, yeah. So... You know the window sticker that's on the car, like brand new cars? They yeah. have that window. It's called the Maroney sticker. That actually came from Oklahoma. Um, I can't remember the entire story, but uh, I know that uh, apparently people would just throw on whatever they wanted on the window stickers years and years ago. This was, we're talking 70s, 80s, 60s, whatever it was. I can't remember exactly when it came about. But someone got sued, and all of a sudden, the car manufacturers all got together and were like, we're going to do centralized window sticker with MSRP. This is what we're going to suggest you sell the car at. And then that's how MSRP was born, for cars at least, was that the Monroney sticker came about so that they, there was a standardized set. This is what it should sell for. And you still get dealers, especially now during the pandemic and post-pandemic, I guess you can call it, even though we're, I don't feel like we're out of it yet. Yeah, I know. Um, like, one of the things our dealership did was we swore we would never go above MSRP unless it was a niche model, like a GTR or, you know, something that we're not going to have 30 of we're gonna have five of them like when infinity came out with the qx55 yeah that's a new model car that's brand new <clears throat> it's hot it's not quite a sports car but it's a crossover and it's really sporty so we had a few of those sell over msrp but there's dealers in dallas where one of our biggest sellers is qx80 it's the big giant nissan armada of infinity is the equivalent and that thing can hold seven, eight people, uh, nine depending upon the configuration. Those things sell like hotcakes because it's essentially the equivalent of a van. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's a giant ass SUV that you can fit the entire family in. Uh, there's dealers in Dallas marking them up 10K over MSRP, which those are already $80,000 vehicles. You know, the cheapest one is like 74. Oh my God. So it was crazy. We sold, we sold most of ours because people from Texas were coming up to us because we weren't marking them up 10 K over yeah. MSRP. Like I can confidently say that I work for one of the better dealers in Oklahoma now, uh, after I left Ford, cause Ford was, Oh my God, it was a shit show. It was a nightmare. I'm sure. Well, Johnny, what are your pronouns? Uh, he, him, they, uh, them. I mean, you know, I'm not going to be offended. Hey, douchebag. Jackass. <laughs> you know. You work in a car, in a car dealership, so you kind of have to be, you, you can't be offended. You have to have thick skin in a car yeah. dealership because you're going to get all walks of life. I mean, you're, you're talking, you are going to get all personality types you're going to get the guy that wants to come in and argue and negotiate which we've eliminated that at our dealership we've gone to the one price model and it's been fantastic because i hate negotiating me too it was one of the things that i hated the most um 
Because it was, hey, well, you know, I'd like to get another $2,000 off. And it's like, well, I'd like to get a hand job from, you know, a supermodel, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that that was huge, eliminating that. Um, I just had a brain fart because that happens a lot. We uh, have to add questions from time, time to time. <laughs> Or edit them. So, Johnny, how long have you been a car salesman? So, in January, it will be three years. Um, I was in medical equipment for 10 years. I set yeah. people up on oxygen CPAPs. You, you, of course, knew about that. I did. Um, which, what, I, it's one of the weirdest transitions ever because I had roommates that were car salesmen. Um, one of my best friends, I've known him since he was, we were both 16. He's a manager over at our imports location. Um, begged me for years to get into car sales. He's like, oh man, you'd be good at it. You'd be good at it. And I'm like, I don't want to be a scummy car guy. That yeah. was, that was the thing that went through my head. I loved my old job, even though I made nothing, uh, because I was legitimately helping people. I was improving someone's quality of life. And yeah. that was a very big thing to me. And like, it just, it got to be to the point where I was struggling financially. I was like, man, I would love to be able to buy a car myself and I can't afford it. So I finally took the plunge and I earned my stripes at a Ford dealership. I'm not going to name them because I have enough crap on them that, <laughs> It was terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, it almost completely turned me off to the the entire idea of it. And then I got an opportunity to work for Jackie Cooper. And uh, that going in was a completely different environment. The culture there. I mean, the, the reason that they have like we have a guy at our store who's been there 18 years. Yeah. Still selling cars. He's going to sell for probably another six, seven more until he retires but it's that's the kind of environment you want to be in i mean the owner is quirky to say the least every i think every car dealership owner is quirky they all want to sell more cars they all want to make more money <laughs> everybody wants that if you own a business that's what you want right but he also made sure when the pandemic hit that nobody lost their job he, he wanted to make sure that nobody was going to lose their job. He found a way to make it happen. And, you know, there were pay cuts in some of the upper echelon guys. But you know what? He's doing great now. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Absolutely. So, it's nice to hear that employees are, you know, still trying to take care of their employees, even though the world seems to open up. But it's still definitely a, you know, very real thing. And so you mentioned your other jobs. Were, were any of those in sales? Any other jobs in sales? Um, I had a brief, and I wouldn't even call this sales. The closest that I could ever say was I was an assistant furniture manager for Big Lots, which... Okay. <clears throat> yeah, they encourage you to sell, but it's like... Listen, the people that are going into big lots to buy furniture, they're usually putting them on layaway and, you know, they can't go to Mathis Brothers or they don't want to go to Mathis Brothers and pay the exorbitant amount of money 
yeah that furniture is the markup on furniture is insane it's like 600 percent. oh yeah i used to work in it it's insane and i did that for a year and a half and then the manager finally asked me i was going on a mission trip back when i was religious and uh it's great because i'm that's a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> that was that's a great how we met. Answer. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I used to be super religious. I went on a mission trip. I was going to Mexico, uh, you know, to, to tell tell the Spanish people about Jesus and the, the Mexican people. Bringing the word. Bringing the word. To um, a very religious people. <laughs> a, a, yeah. Already Catholic. Um, <laughs> and... Um, they wouldn't approve my time off. And I said, Oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm still going. So, you know, this is either this way or this way. And they're like, well, are you that convicted in your beliefs? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And they're like, okay. And I was like, all right, cool. So we're done here. And that was the end of that job. Yeah. Um, so probably not quite legal for them, you know, uh, but I left on my own accord and didn't force them to fire me. So then, yeah. You yeah. mean you won. Yeah. <laughs> you got you didn't have to work at Big Lots anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm okay with this. Like I, I still go in there from time to time, but. So, do you still, you still have a soul? Uh, You know, I don't believe in that anymore. Yeah. And you do, do, you, do you believe that you have a, any kind of core being that makes Johnny, Johnny? I mean, absolutely, my brain. You so know. <laughs> you can you can rationalize. Yeah, I that can was... I, I can rationalize things. I I mean I I know right from wrong without having the big guy in the sky tell me yeah that murder is wrong that rape is wrong like I know that those things are wrong and I will never do them. Well, and I get that. The reason the question exists is because some days you feel like you've taken advantage of somebody, especially if you can negotiate. If you can set the price, we could set the price on our RVs that we sold. So, I mean, shit, I bump it up $20,000. I get the sales spliff to start. I get the commission uh, on the beginning, and then I get $20,000. I, no, I don't feel that way. Um, and, And because of where I'm at, I think it's, I have led people away from certain cars before. Um, I have no shame in outright saying this is not the car for you for this reason, this reason, this reason. I mean, yeah. Um, I sold one of your previous guests a car and I, I actively tried to lead her away from that. And I'm not going to mention any names or mention any <laughs> models or anything like that. And she still bought it, but at least she bought a warranty so that she would be covered if anything did happen because it was not a brand that I cared for and I was worried about her having transmission issues and she has and I hate that I'm right because I wish that I wasn't yeah but it was one of those things that like it just it came down to this is what she could afford that was her budget it made sense because it was she needed something. She yeah. had nothing at the time. <clears throat> well, it seems to me that you do have some semblance of a 
of a soul or whatever. I just, you know, I hate salesmen and usually they just keep going and going and going. But you know, you're not like normal salesmen, it seems like. Yeah, I try not to be. I don't want to be that guy. You had to win Hannah over. Yeah, the first time you met, (laughs) and and you did by being Johnny. Well, and that's that's me. Yeah, I'm gonna be stupid and goofy and weird. Yeah, I I lean in on weird so hard. I'm the weird guy at the dealership. I really am. (laughs) Wonderful. I I love it when people do the your mom jokes, and I get to immediately go, "You gonna dig her up?" (laughs) Yeah. I can add to my arsenal. I'm like, oh yeah, my mom's dead. Everyone's like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's, it's, I love the reaction. Oh, I love it when someone's like, oh yeah, I banged your mom. And I was like, you dug her up for that? She's all bone at this point, man. That's got to be uncomfortable. (laughs) Ooh, you scratched yourself, huh? Um, So how easy is it to get a car? Um... There are a lot of measures now that make it a bit more difficult to get a car, but it's also... It's not just the protection of the dealership, it's the protection of the person, because any purchase over $10,000 has to be reported, um, which means someone's credit has to get checked. And mm-hmm. even then, even if we're selling a car that's $9,000, we're still going to run their credit because we want to verify they are who they say they are. Um, yeah, There's a lot of identity theft and fraud and things like that. And we've had a case at a, even at our dealership in the last year of that happening. Uh, even with all the safety measures in place, we still got fooled. Uh, they had legitimate looking IDs. I mean, they passed everything. You look at them and you know, you know how you can look at an ID. Yeah. You can and, usually tell. Absolutely. And so, I mean, it's one of those things that got through they had a social security number, they had everything, they had documents, they bought the car, and then Sepulpa police found it in a field with bags of just fake IDs, passports, Holy all crap. these, yeah, and we ended up recovering the car, which was thrashed, and we had to put another $2,000 into the car so that we could resell it. And even then, we were debating on whether or not we really wanted to resell that car after everything that had happened to it. And ultimately, because of how the pandemic is going, it was one of those, we're already hurting for vehicles, so let's get this out there and see if somebody needs it. Yeah. And that's that's been another challenge, is not having the new cars that mm-hmm. you know we used to have. I mean... Used to, we'd get 30, 40 QX80s in a year. Uh, we're getting like 10 to 20 this year. Wow. That's uh, like half. Our production's been cut by about 60% on all models. Um, and it is definitely affecting us. I mean, we're not selling as much cars. People think we're making a killing out here because the used car market has skyrocketed. But in reality, whenever we buy these cars at auction those values that are skyrocketed are there at the auction. So if we're paying 105% of a total value on a car and then we have to recondition it, maybe it needs tires, maybe it needs brakes, um, things like that. That all costs money. You got to pay the service guy. You got to pay for the inspection. Got to pay for the parts. And on top of that, we're a dealership where if brakes or tires are less than 50% life, they're getting replaced no matter what. 
Yeah. It's just huh. we won't we won't sell anything with bald tires. That will never happen. It's a nice standard to have. <laughs> so what is your pay? Or are you are you okay with saying that? Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of complicated um, because in the car business, you know that we get commission, and either there's front end and back end. Yeah. Front end is what the car makes as it sits. So you factor in all these factors: cost of the vehicle. You factor in every dealership has a pack that they put on a car that is essentially there for the dealership. Nobody, you don't hear about a pack because it's not something, you know, you just see sale price and dock fee. Um, but on the back end of it, if we buy a car for $10,000, we do $2,000 worth of repair, then there's a percentage of pack on it. And I can't remember what ours is because I just don't care enough to ask. <laughs> um, and then, of course, everything after service and pack and everything like that is profit if there's any left at that point because if the market dictates that car should be 15 we bought it for 10 two thousand dollars in repairs then pack so there's two thousand dollars in profit maybe left yeah um if we didn't go over on service because sometimes we do i've seen cars where we spent four thousand five hundred on them to sell them wow um but to make a long story short 25 percent of the front end gross so whatever the front end gross is, or $300 for a Mini. Yeah. Uh, mini is the car's not making any money for the dealership. Maybe it's only making 300 bucks, and you're not going to get paid 25% of 300 bucks. That would be criminal. Um, <laughs> although that's what Ford paid. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've but seen uh, it. <laughs> there's 300 bucks as a minimum, and I just kind of treat every car deal as a Mini. Uh -huh. I don't worry about whether or not it's making money. I worry about whether or not it fits my client's needs, their budget, those kind of things. Let's find the right car before, you know, I'm not trying to make a killing off of somebody because I know this car could make nine grand, but this car is not making any. I don't care about that. I care about making sure the customer is happy because in six years, I want them to come back to me and not somebody else because yeah. I found them the right car. Mm -hmm. We also get paid on the back end. And the back end's a little different. Um, these are what everyone hates. You go to the finance manager and and you, you've you've agreed on a car, you've agreed on numbers, but now you got to go talk to the guy about warranties, or tire and wheel, or windshield protection. I get a ten percent on the back end if I make over a certain amount. If I sell a certain amount of those. If I don't, I get 5%, which most dealerships don't give you anything on the back end. So that's an added bonus for us. I will say there there are things that I do think are valuable as far as that goes. Um, any car after 2015, there's so much electronic components in it that I do think a warranty is worth it now. In 1990, if I was selling a Ford Taurus, no. There wouldn't be because you could go buy the part at O'Reilly's and go fix it under your tree. Now you go try and buy a computer chip and it, it's not the same. You can't replace, you can't repair a computer chip. You have to replace it. Yeah. So, you know, 
when it comes down to warranties, I think they're worthwhile because they'll save your ass in the end. Because, I mean, every car has that, uh, that screen that's in there that controls. Oh, yeah, in the dashboard now. Yeah, it's I've in the dashboard. I've noticed that. That's, like, standard now. Mm-hmm. It, it controls your climate control. Uh, it controls everything, your radio, all that stuff. You know, they've they've done away with having replaceable radios because you've got this touchscreen computer in your car that lets you see all the way around it if it has four cameras and all yeah. that stuff. And you know, every car made after 2018 has a backup camera now. That's, yeah. that's a federal thing. Um, Interesting. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. Every car made after 2018 is required by law to have a backup camera. Um, so legally you cannot sell one without fixing the backup camera if it's busted. Oh, wow. So that's a thing. Um, wow. haven't run into it yet because uh, it's kind of one of those deals, but because of that, I'm a firm believer in those. So no, do you get a guarantee on top of commission? Um, yes, but no. Um, there's no guarantee. Uh, so if I, like, if I don't sell anything, then I make nothing unless I clock in and out every day. Um, if you don't sell anything within a month, Jackie Cooper will make sure that you are compensated at least minimum wage for your hours. Okay. So you're not just up shit's Creek. Yeah. You know, you're going to make something. It's not going to be pretty. Because after taxes and everything, but they also are very proactive in if you're not selling anything, is there something going on? Are you having health issues? Are you not doing this right? They have training. They have training all the time. Um, Once a week, we have a training class. Uh, Typically, it's led by one of our senior managers. He used to be a GM for our Nissan store and then in the Infinity store. Now he's at that age where he's earned the right to retirement. He's not ready to retire, though. So he's just working in a trainer role because he doesn't want to work the 60-plus hours it takes to be a GM. Um, That's awesome, though. So he's, he's a great guy. When I got hired on there, he was my GM, and I absolutely loved him. That's wonderful. Have you ever turned anyone down based on how they were during a sale? Like if they said something or acted weird or. Oh, yes, 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 yes. This is. So they ended up buying anyways uh, from someone at our dealership, but not me. Um, had a lady come in with her boyfriend and her dad. And let me preface this with she was definitely ghetto. Um, she came in and it was a handoff. It was one of those things that the salesman that was originally working with this customer was not there and he did not care to come back. Uh, he also no longer works with us because of his work ethic. Um, He was just like, oh, yeah, just somebody take care of her. And it's on a Saturday. This kid left early on a Saturday and didn't care, which in the car business is our biggest day. Yeah, you don't leave early on a Saturday. That's bells. Yeah, that that is 
game day. That is your day to make money because everyone else in the world who has normal nine to five jobs are off so they can come buy a car on Saturday. Yeah, it's um, a big day too. So she comes in and apparently he had already told her we could offer $300 more on their trade, which they hadn't had appraised yet. And so I get the car appraised and it's a literal shit box. Yeah. I mean, it is one of those cars that duct tape together. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, this car is one of those you get in it and you're like, I might die today if I drive this on the road. My car. Yeah. That's my um, truck too. Yeah. So I go, and this is back when we still had negotiating. Um, that was one of the things, this was pre pandemic. She comes in and she just start flats out, flat out calling me a liar after we do the appraisal. And I've talked to the manager and gotten numbers from him. And I go back in there to talk to him. And it's like, Hey, she's really freaking out about this 300 bucks. Is, is there anything we can do? Are, are we able to go any which way? And I, you know, I'm being as polite as possible to her, to him, trying to get this figured out, trying to make this car deal happen because she legitimately needed this car. Um, I come back in, Michael, Michael had said, no, we're not doing that. We're not, we can't, it's not worth it. We can't sell it for auction at a loss. Yeah. Um, and we're, this car's already losing money. So either get her to agree to these numbers or land her on a different car was what I was told. And Landing someone on a car after they've already got their heart set on it is next to impossible. Yeah. Um, so I go in there and I explain the situation and she just goes off and starts cussing and screaming and calling me a liar. And she's not even paying for the thing. Her dad's paying for it and the boyfriend's paying for it. So I'm trying to be as polite as possible And she keeps on and keeps on and just keeps attacking my character. And finally, I had had enough. And you've had enough interactions with me to know that I don't get loud or upset or yell. Uh, There's only been two people that's ever heard me yell in my life and get actually angry. And it scared the shit out of both of them. Uh, My father and my ex-wife. Yeah. Um, the only people that have ever heard me get loud. I'm not a violent person. I, I just, I've gotten rid of that a long, long time ago. For sure. <laughs> You're, you've always been just a very nice, even, I mean, you're definitely weird, but you are a straight shooter and very polite. And I finally said, you know, I don't think we can do business today. And I took the, the, the piece of paper or the pencil away and said, thank you for coming in. Have a nice day. You will not be buying a car from me today. You can leave and walk them to the door. And our new GM ended up talking to them outside because she was screaming at the front door. Yeah. Um, he pulled me aside, told him what happened. I said, look, I have a lot of patience. You already know this. I won't, tolerate this i i don't care enough about these people to help them anymore after what she was saying to me and about me that he said okay 
that's fine. No worries. Go hop on the up rotation. Take care of another customer. Go smoke if you need to. Calm your nerves down, whatever. And had another customer come in five minutes later. I sold them a car. And that lady ended up getting that $300 because the GM got involved and set them up with another one of our salespeople. And kept giving me daggers the entire time. And I was just like, yeah, I don't care. Right. Like, wow. If I've gotten to that point that I don't give a fuck about you, you've done too much. Mm -hmm. I care about everyone. Yeah. So. That's Johnny. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing that's happened during a sale? You first, then me. Yeah. (laughs) The 87-year-old man taking a shit in a Nissan Altima. Okay. Um, <laughs> the the poor guy just didn't make it yeah. out of the car to get to the bathroom and literally shit. Happens more car. often than you think. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was one of by far the weirdest things and grossest things because we had to deal with that. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... I mean, I've got dozens like that because my RVs had toilets. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so families would go into the RVs. I'll just tell one big general story. Families will take their, their, will go into a huge RV with multiple toilets sometimes, and the kids will go to the bathroom and just take a shit. And they're not connected to anything. They're not connected to anything, and they've been emptied. The tanks are empty. It The turd will be dry in the tank. <laughs> so it's going to smell horrible oh, inside the RV. God. Yeah. That, that's agonizing. You have to, like... <laughs> oh, it became this art of jumping in front of bathroom doors like a ninja <laughs> to go, I would love to show you the bathroom. Like, please don't enter yourself. Like, this. please don't, don't enter. Don't take a shit into this bath. In this bath. Um, we. I I went from one dealership to another because they uh. There, there were some things going on that weren't really savory, um, weren't really above board. But the number one thing, one day I had to go pull all the TVs out of all the RVs. Because we were told there was a guy just walking around the parking lot at night pulling on door handles. Now, it's behind huge chain link fences, so I was sure nobody had gotten in. But the boss said so, so I, I did it. They were putting the TVs on Craigslist. Found that out later. Oh, sweet Jesus. When I went to go sell an RV that they had hey, sold. Hey, where's the TV? <laughs> yeah. And, oh, God. They had sold it on fucking Craigslist. Or, you know, similar, Facebook. And it was not available to be put into my unit. It was essentially a dwindling Ponzi scheme of televisions. That's that's what I had. The supply was starting to run low. Occasionally I could get a TV that would fit. Oh my god. That's, okay, that's like... When I worked at Ford... 
and you had to rob Peter to pay Paul on floor mats or something. It's not obviously that's a way bigger expenditure. Yeah. But <clears throat> I I mean, Ford, that was common. You you did that. You just oh, that edge doesn't have floor mats because they they took them out when they sold the car or they trashed them or whatever. Go steal them from that edge and give them to the person. I mean, that was that was Yeah. I hated that. The the Ford dealership I worked at, I won't uh name so, them. So yeah, I won't name them because <laughs> there are so many shitty things they did. Like Ooh. the level of sophistication that was not there. I remember getting in one guy's face because there they didn't oh, so like Infinity has an up rotation. You spend thirty minutes out. Yeah. Um, most dealerships employ these now. Uh, at Ford, it was the first guy to run his ass to that customer. If somebody pulled in the dealership, you were immediately chasing their fucking car like a dog because that was the only way to get customers. We, we at least had, if you were in the right room, you could have an up. If you left the room, you got taken out of the rotation. See, at Ford, if somebody was standing outside, the first person standing outside usually was the one to get to go. And then there was kind of a gentleman's agreement, but there was no official ruling. Yeah. It was, oh, okay, well, Josh was out here first. He's going to get to go. And But if Josh isn't paying attention, that's on Josh. He should have been watching the lot. Yeah. He didn't pay attention. I can go chase that car now. <laughs> that was the shit that happened at Ford. Um not to mention that there were managers that definitely had preferential treatment. If they knew a car deal was coming, it got handed to a specific salesman uh, that they liked. That kind of shit happened all the time. Uh, you know, the cheese deals. Yeah. Which in at Infinity, the way the cheese is handed out when there is cheese, um, it's whoever's number one on the up system. Whoever's, yeah. whoever's available, unless they have a previous relationship with a certain salesperson. So, I mean, I got lucky and sold the owner's son's parents-in-law a vehicle a couple of weeks ago. And it was because I was number one in the upsystem. It wasn't because Connor called me and said, hey, I want you to work with my in-laws. It was, I was in the right place yeah. at the right time. So. I've, I've also been at places, you, you mentioned preferential treatment, um, I've been in places where, like, the sales manager needed, like, treatment, uh, but for drugs. Like, cocaine and uh, alcohol were rampant. I don't know if they still are. I th- at, think at I have that as a Ford, absolutely. We had a guy who it took, <clears throat> it took him wrecking a vehicle to get fired for alcoholism because yeah. he was drunk all the time. He wrecked a vehicle in the parking lot. He hit a pole. Um, and he was staying, uh, where that Ford dealership is, there's a hotel across the street next to the highway. Um, and he would come from the hotel across the street, blitzed out of his mind. He walked to work and mind you, this is 34th and Sheridan he's crossing. Yeah. Which is just already busy as hell. And there's, there's no crosswalk there. Um, and he would just walk across the street, do 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 do, drunk as fuck, come into work, 
I'm here, boss. And as soon as he opened the door, I mean, just reeked of alcohol. Yeah. Now, I will say there were a lot of good guys at that Ford dealership. I think the the trend of the drugs and alcohol was slowly getting out of there and you were getting more and more decent people in because of who was GM at the time. Uh, but when he got let go and they brought in another guy, it went back downhill pretty damn quick. Uh-huh. And uh, Jeff, when he was there, he was absolutely trying to turn it around. But when Mitch came in, he was all about the money. He didn't give a fuck. Mm. Yikes. Wow. Sounds like a circus. It's It was still very carny. Very carny, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it seems like it. So do you see yourself being a car salesman forever? Um, I can honestly say now that I feel pretty safe in assuming that this is going to be my career moving forward. Um, as long as I remain where I am and the culture of things doesn't change, uh, to a negative light. Absolutely. I mean, the group I work for Jackie Cooper is far and away one of the best places I've worked. I mean, Vitacare was a fantastic place. I loved the owners there. I worked there for 10 years and I would have continued working for them if I could make more money doing what I did. But they ended up eventually selling the company and I left a little bit before that to go into car sales. Um, But I'm still in contact with those guys. They're still great guys. One of them's moved to Arizona. Um... What just happened? Oh, we're picking up something on the mics, and I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Is, is it maybe your toe? T- did it touch the table of the leg? Might have. Oh, <laughs> the oh, mic hey. has fallen. I was like, what's happening? All right. You both gave me this super odd look. I'm going to go ahead and stop for the moment, and we'll pick right back up when we have this uh, connected. Uh, so we're back after a mic collapse because I can't just go straight back into questioning after that because right. it's there's awkward. <laughs> there's a weird break and then but anyway Hannah well, saved my life <laughs> this microphone was coming for me it yeah. was angry with a vengeance it was it was and knows what going I do for a living to collapse on you <laughs> and oh yeah Hannah Hannah's a hero reflexes our hero. <laughs> Well, buddy, do you have any rivals? Like a work rival or like dealership rival? Like just any, just any in general? Any in general. So we ask this question on every episode and I want to hear what you got. Is there been like a person that you wanted to just do better than out of spite? I mean, there have been in the past, but like nothing's coming to mind right now. Like, honestly, our our biggest infinity competitor is in Oklahoma City, and uh, you know they're they're not here. You know, so that's you have a you have a, ni- a Nissan competitor here. I mean, there's three of them now. Okay. Uh, I think the one on I forty four opened back up, but I don't sell cars at Nissan very often. Okay. I mean, it's one of those things that. If I have 
a customer or a friend, like if you were to come in and say, I want the brand new Nissan Altima, I can sell that to you because we're friends. Yeah. Um, but if I just have a random customer come in or call me and they call, like if they call my dealership, Hey, I'm looking to get one of those new Nissans. I'm going to send that call straight to Nissan because that is not my customer to work with. Yeah. Uh, that is the right thing to do. Uh, now if, of course, when you guys, yeah, I'll go down there. I have no problem going down there. I've been, I've worked many deals at Nissan. I actually enjoy working there. Um, same with our import store where they do Mercedes and Porsche. Uh, I've not sold, well, I take that back. I've sold a Porsche. I've sold two or three of them. Um, but I typically like to let the Porsche sales guys do their thing because I just don't know that car. Um, you know, it's, that's a luxury car. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you start asking me questions about a nine 11, I'm clueless. You're going to know more than me. I don't want, I don't want to give you bad knowledge or bad information or, you know, those kind of things. I mean, uh, Mercedes guys have come down quite a bit and I've sold infinities based on my product knowledge. That's one of the things like you have to know what you're selling. Yeah. You, you have to know. Um, they should have changed the name of the 911. <laughs> I mean, I, I still kind of like it. It's I mean, funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably, I mean, it's been around since before 911, the event. Yeah, change um, it after. But, <laughs> but they also, they're not an American company, so do they care that much? Well, the guys who flew those planes weren't Americans either. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, you're right, but again, not the same, not the same country of, of men, I guess. I don't know what I'm saying there. Uh, but as far as rivals, uh, I can't say that I confidently have any, you know, just one person or anything like that. I mean, my roommate works in the office right next to me. We work to it. it car sales is an individual sport, but it can also be a team effort. Sure. Um, and I I feel comfortable in saying that the team that I work with, out of all 12 salespeople, myself included in that 12, I have no problem helping another salesperson or another salesperson helping me if the need arises. They're all great people. I wouldn't say I hate or dislike anybody. There are some that maybe I'm not as strong friends with. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you have a decent work environment. Uh, great work environment. That's the reason I, I I can passionately say that I love where I'm at. Good. I'm glad. How many hours do you work a week? Typically about 40 to 45. Um, you know, that's that's another great thing about where I'm at. They, You're scheduled five, eight-hour shifts. They encourage you to take your lunch if you can. Sometimes you can't. Um, they encourage you to take your day off. Today was my day off. It's Thursday. And, you know, I'm sitting here in track pants and a Ghostbusters t-shirt. Um, and it's one of those, I've been playing Xbox all day long. I haven't, I should have been doing laundry and things around <laughs> the house. But, you know. You took a you day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You deserve it. But um, do you, you get off Sundays and you get off a random day during the week. 
Right. I get off Sundays and I get off Thursdays. Yeah. Uh, those are my days off. Now, of course, at the end of the month, if I'm trying to make a number happen as far as sales or if I have a client call me and say they're coming in, I will go meet that client and work for an hour or two and then go home um, because that's another thing that I like about our dealership. Car deals don't last five hours, and if they do, something is severely wrong. Yeah. Um, I can usually get somebody in and out in an hour and a half. You know, that's a great thing because... You know, spending all day at a car dealership is not what people want to do. Yeah, correct. I just remember as a kid, too, my par- when they would go buy a car, I would just feel like we were there all day long. All day. I, yeah. Um, there are certain areas where I see that happening a lot. Uh, you go to our Nissan store, yeah, there's a lot more clientele there. You know, they're selling two, three hundred cars a month um well pre pre pandemic so yeah it was always busy there's three finance guys at my store there's one finance guy two managers 12 salespeople. uh typically saturdays are our busiest day and you might wait 30 minutes to get into the finance office and most of that's already set up and done by either me or the manager or whoever they're working with there so you're not sitting around waiting we have two tvs we have snacks we have sodas and waters and coffee machine and none of it is something that our customers have to pay for if you're thirsty get a drink if you're hungry get some snacks we've got gummies we've got granola bars we've got something for you you. good snacks oh yeah well we we are a luxury dealership (laughs) so that's that's one of the the up upsides to having although nissan has like chocolate chip cookies and oreos and they're they're my fat kid snacks that i really want but again it's encouraged that they're for the customers only (laughs) um and we as employees are not supposed to go into their snacks we have a break room upstairs where there's a vending machine we can purchase our own okay ah that's weak i mean but but to be fair do you get free coffee Absolutely. Okay. That's yeah. fine then. Yep, it's fine. That's okay. Yeah. And the coffee machine, oh my God, the coffee machine we have. French vanilla is amazing. It does hot cocoa. It's great for wintertime. You get cold and you're like, yes. I remember I, I worked at a car dealership very briefly before I retired from, from basically uh, <laughs> working as an adult. Because <laughs> um, I, I consider Traditional myself. Traditional jobs. Yeah, I consider myself retired now um, because I was in sales for so long and then I left it. And the coffee machine was the coolest fucking thing. It was a computer that you would punch your selection into. It had our logo on it and then it would make amazing coffee. And then a small car dealership tried to get me to come back three months ago now. I want to say it's been about three months and I was all set to do it, but they wanted me to cut my hair. Oh, man. No. Yeah. Absolutely. We've got a guy at our dealership with long hair. We've got multiple guys at our dealerships with long hair. Uh, we, we give Austin crap all the time because he's got these beautiful flowing ginger locks. He is this rail thin man. 
He's from Texas, and he's got that thick southern accent. You know the one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but he is also one of the greatest guys. I brought him. There were a couple. So there were a couple. There's a lot of guys from Ford that I brought over to my dealership currently. The guys that I thought were good. Um, Zach, Austin, Ernest came over, but he started his own janitorial company. So he's. He's out of there now. Um, and a funny story is when I interviewed over at Jackie Cooper, <clears throat> my my manager at Ford uh, was Joe, Joe Brock, and his twin brother, D worked at Infinity as the new car manager. They were both new car managers. Um, so I didn't ever get any flack from Joe because Joe... Joe was like, I sell new cars, man. We don't we don't do the shady shit that the used car manager does because the used car manager at Ford hated my guts until he figured out I could sell cars and he was missing out on money because I wouldn't work deals with him. Um, <clears throat> oh wow! But yeah. uh, I go and interview over at Infinity, and my first person to interview with is D, and they're identical twins. <laughs> so I go in there and I'm like, oh shit. I didn't know you worked here and you're going to, you're going to ask Joe about me. You know, that, that was the first thing in my head was like, well, fuck. Cause in the car business, if you go interview at another dealer and somebody finds out by God, and especially if you're working one of those shitty places, why are you looking for a new job? Yeah. I guess we need to go ahead and let you go. Yep. They will absolutely just They're, go they're savage you. like that. Um, which D didn't D did say something to Joe, but it didn't get out until about a week or two later, um, before I had, and it was really weird before I put in my two week notice, um, because I had resorted to not giving a crap about selling cars, because at Ford you had a draw, you got paid a certain amount. I yeah. was just waiting to get my draw, and that's all I was hanging on for before I put in my notice. And I was just training some of the new guys. Austin was a new guy at Ford at the time. And I was training him, trying to teach him the right way to do things. And, you know, it got out and the managers started coming to me one by one. Oh, you don't want to go over there. The grass isn't greener over there. It's going to be harder to sell luxury vehicles. You're going to have to get a haircut and you're going to have to dress nicer. And it's like, I mean, you guys give me polos and tell me to wear khakis. Like, I look like a fucking Walmart employee here. Yep. And um, I was like, I like wearing a button-down shirt. I like wearing slacks and having nice shoes because that's one of the things that makes me feel good. It makes me feel, I feel like a million bucks if I've got on a nice shirt, nice slacks, and nice shoes. I feel great. I, I also feel great in a t-shirt and tracksuit pants, but... <laughs> The thing of it is, that's a different kind of like, I feel like I have purpose at work. Like, yeah. I, I, like I'm there to do something and do something good. Right. Um, if I showed up to work like this, I would not want to be seen. Um, <laughs> you know? and, and I'm I'm so comfortable with you guys. Like, I know my hair. I fixed my hair before I came over here. I, I brushed my teeth because I was like, ah, I don't want them to smell breath and be like, oh, my God. <laughs> did you eat a baby? Did you eat a um, I mean, did you? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Not yet. Okay. Well, that. with that, we are actually going to go debate eating babies and and maybe uh, consume one. 
because we are taking an ad break. Ad break. We'll be right back. Is your teeth falling out of your dang dang skull? Well, my name is Cooter Burl, and my teeth was so bad. Hey, Darlene, how bad was they? They fall out in the dang old mashed taters. So I went and seen my dentist, the Reverend Dr. Wade Dalson. He said not even baby Jesus with a handful of rattlers could help. So I got to inventing. And I made a patented scientific formula out of lithium battery strips and his Malayan salt that we have shipped in by a fan boat every day. I throw it in some herbs and spices I got from Chicken Chester's. Smells prettier than a sunset over the wedding swamp, and my teeth feel like they set in with quick dry cement. It's Cooter's Tooth Jelly. It's better than not brushing your teeth at all. Hey, do you use drugs? It's okay. I did it for a really long time, and I'm going to be completely honest. Safety was not my number one concern. But if you need clean gear, spoons, condoms, oil burners, or most importantly, Narcan, come on, man. You got to keep Narcan around. Even if you're not using if you have friends who do, you can keep it. Just throw it in your backpack. Call SHOTS at 918-973-2671 for free delivery anywhere in Tulsa. Don't use a loan, and please keep Narcan on hand. Again, that is SHOTS. Stop harm on Tulsa streets. Is your desk job looking kind of stale? Kind is an understatement. Do you want to know more about what your friends do, but at this point, you're too afraid to ask? What even is OnlyFans? Do you have some time to kill, and you're tired of hearing all about politics, crime, murder, and mayhem? Hell yeah. Well, coming soon, a new podcast about work, and you don't even have to lift a finger. We're going to interview folks from all walks of life about their jobs. What do they do? What are their hopes and dreams? What are their joys, and what are their pet peeves? From the minds of Bread Breakfast and Hannah Backwards. How do you do? I played the xylophone. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> I played the shit out of that xylophone. You played the shit out of that xylophone. That xylophone is now on fire. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, back to the questions. So, Broco, do you actually like team building? Does anyone ever really like team building? No, man. And I don't know how it is at Infinity, but at the car lot, you went into a room and they, like, passed a ball around and uh, said something cool about themselves. And at the RV dealerships, well, one of them, we had a total employee count of five. That includes <laughs> maintenance. And oh, boy. Yeah, the owner was also a sales manager, and I probably was too. I was there alone a lot. Um, I will say, in orientation, we did the introduce yourself, how old are you, have you ever worked in the business before kind of thing. But that was really kind of it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you didn't have to go into your previous job history, although a lot of people did. 
Um, you know, but it's one of those things that it was just, hey, who are you? You know, and then it was real informal and just that was kind of it. And then they go into training and you're in training because when you go over to Jackie Cooper, you're in training for your first month. You don't get to sell cars. You're you have to learn. Yeah. They, they want you to be a professional. They don't want you three days in going sink or swim, buddy. Like, you know, when I was at Ford, that's how it happened. It that's was how I've always, it's always been that way for me. Yeah. At Ford, it was all right, buddy. Well, see, you're just going to talk to people and you don't give them my car. That's, <laughs> that's what it felt like. Uh, at infinity, it was definitely like, no, you need to know what our product is. You need to know how to talk to people the appropriate way, obviously be yourself, but you're not going to approach a customer and go, Hey man, you looking for a shit box? You know, you're not going to cuss in front of anyone. We have a certain level of culture yeah. that, that a standard, if you will. Um, you know, and we've had someone break that culture recently and he also is no longer an employee here. What did he do? Uh, he, so we've got three new people that just started with us and, there's a 24 year old girl who is very attractive. Um, and he straight up told the girl, Hey, you know, use your body to sell cars. And she approached me and another salesman about it because we, I've spent the majority of my time working with all the trainees, teaching them how to do things. Uh, just because I pick up on that stuff so quick. And she told me that and she goes, what do I do? And I said, well, do you know his name? My very first question, do you know his name? Uh, he gave me his card. Get me that card. I'm not going to talk to him directly, but I am going to talk to the manager at his store. And that's not going to happen ever again from him. And she was like, well, I just, I don't want to be known as the person that, you know, reported him or anything like that. And I said, that's okay. You were on the sales floor when it happened, right? She's like, yeah. Great. I heard you. I heard him say that to you. I was with a customer, so I couldn't just immediately walk away and say something. And that's how we're going to play it. And she was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it kept happening. And he got let go. Um, because he did it to customers. He would start hitting on customers. Uh, other salespeople's customers while they were trying to just buy a car and he was like hey yo let me get a date da 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 and like shit like that which is very unprofessional it, it is it is <clears throat> not it, it, gross yeah, the worst it, way to get a date as yeah, well yeah absolutely that is not car buying is not the environment to try and find a future partner in any sense um, so he was, there were a multitude of reasons he was let go. Uh, one of them being that he called the general manager who is a white guy, the N word. And, and that kind of language obviously isn't tolerated. Um, you know, that's extremely offensive. So that was gone away. And that's, that's, you know, he was, that employee was trying to treat it like a boys club, which we don't have a boys club culture. 
anybody yeah. anybody can work for us as long as you're a professional. That that is the culture that we have. So we have a diverse group because of that. You know, we don't discriminate and that is fantastic. Um, you know, it is a Christian organization, but we do have a lot of people in our employee that are not. We have a Muslim man uh, that, you know, the type that goes and prays at noon every day. I think it's noon. I don't know the culture, so I can't I can't completely speak on it. But they have made a space for him so that when it's time for him to go pray for the 15 or 30 minutes or whatever it is, he has a place that he can go to where he can be alone and do that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So That's incredible. They do accommodate for things like that. It is a really good company. Um, I, It's hard for me to not want to be there because of how welcoming they are to everybody. And, you know, nobody cares if you're gay or straight or lesbian or wherever you're at on the spectrum on that. Um, it, it, that's not a condition of being able to work there. Tattoos. Tattoos. They used to be as taboo. Uh, usually it used to be cover it up. Um, they have since changed and the world's changed. So they've gotten more open to it. We have plenty of tattooed salesmen who have sleeves and when we were wearing polos, it was okay for them to wear polos. We've gone back to the button downs now. So everyone who is in the sales staff is wearing a button down. Um, we have about four or five months where we get to wear polos where it's hotter. And then after whatever it is, whatever the Labor Day or Memorial, whatever the last one that we had, um, we were supposed to change over. I think Labor Day. Yeah. Besides negotiating, what do you hate about it? Mm. I mean, negotiating was the biggest part. That's the thing I hated the most. You still get those old school people who think that every dealer is out to fuck you. Mm. Um, Every dealer is trying to take your money. And, you know, you get people who get upset when they have a high interest rate. And it really boils down to your credit situation. It's not necessarily... We don't get to choose what interest rate you get. We have no idea what it's going to be until we see your credit report. And, you know, it's one of those... We definitely try and get people the best we can. Um there are certain dealers that will shotgun your credit to 30 different lenders and then your score tanks. Yep. We take a look at the credit report. Um, the way we do it is we look at the credit report and we go, okay, we have the best shot with these two or three banks. And that's what should be done. That, yeah, absolutely. You know, because if they shoot it to three banks, we're talking four credit pulls. That's eight points off of your credit score that will fade off fairly quickly. Um, but, and they'll all get grouped together because you were at a dealership trying to purchase a vehicle. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about it. It's, it's going to affect your credit score two points in the long run. Um, which is how it should be, you know, because again, we're not in the business to try and tank people's credit. 
we don't want to do that. Um, wow. But it's, we, we look and we go, okay, most likely candidates are here. Our finance manager, that's his job. He knows where it needs to be submitted. That's the reason we have someone like that there. Um, and typically it's, we go back and forth with those banks and argue with them until we get the lowest rate because, Hey, Ally is going to offer 6%, but us bank is offering 5%. Can you do four? And if they say yes, then, okay, we'll do business with you. We'll get, we'll give them the 4% rate because ultimately that's as a consumer, that's what I would want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely. that's, you know, would you rather pay 6% or would you rather pay 4% interest? Right. If you could have tried for the 4%, I would have liked for you to try for that if you could. Yeah. And we do that. That's one of the things that's phenomenal. I don't, we don't see 21% very often. Oh God. But it's terrifying when we do because it always, nobody wants to work that deal. Yeah. Because you're almost always going to have someone who's upset. Because their credit is not where it needs to be. It's not, there are life choices that maybe they made. Maybe they had a bankruptcy. Maybe there was medical reasons that their te- their credit tanked. Um, everything happens, you know. And it's one of those that gets tough because you want to help somebody out. But you feel dirty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, I've gone to people before and said, hey. With your credit, before we submit this, we already know we're going to be at 21%. Do you have someone who will co-sign with you that maybe has a little bit better established credit history so that way you're not getting just bent over an interest, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we've done that before. Um, We ask those questions before we even try and send it off to get an approval because, again... We're not in the business of trying to tank anybody's credit, even sure. if they already have bad credit. We we care. Oh, good. See, so. you guys are different, too. That's good to know. Glad we did this episode. Are test drives scary? Not for me. Okay, so I have three older brothers who were all mechanics, and they all had sports cars growing up. So, like, it's, it's very hard for me... To be terrified on a test drive, especially with all the safety features in cars now. Um, but that's not to say that that hasn't happened. You know, there there have there have been some customers that I'm like, oh oh, you're not pulling out quick enough. Oh, thank God they swerved. Um, you know, we've had some situations like that. I've literally had to grab the wheel and pull it back into our lane so that we wouldn't hit something. Um, but I've never had anyone pass out or anything like that on a test drive. I, I pay attention to what they're doing and how, if I think someone's not quite right to drive, I won't let them. Yeah. Um, there, there are just scenarios where you just know, um, you know, we've had drunk people come in before and try to attempt to drive and no, they won't get to drive. I have taken someone on a test drive. Uh, who's been drunk, but they did not get to drive. They got to sit and sit in the passenger seat. He really wanted to go for a ride. And I was just like, yeah, no, you're not driving. Uh, Like there is no way that you were driving. I can smell the alcohol in your breath. If you really want to check out this vehicle, I'll drive it, but you can't buy it either because you were also not in a state of mind 
that we can sell you a car legally. Um, you have to be in the right frame of mind for us to legally be able to sell this to you because we won't do that. Um, so now Ford, they, they didn't feel that strongly about that rule, but at infinity, it's definitely, we want them out of there, but we also don't want them driving off if they're drunk. Yeah. So mm. speaking about that, about Ford, you know, how they kind of turned a blind eye to it. Have you seen a lot of shady shit? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. The, the six months that I was there, um, there were car deals where they marked up interest rates because hey, we could make extra money if we charge them a little bit more interest, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's unfortunate because yeah, that's a terrible business practice. And it's also one of the reasons why that company is slowly going out of business uh, because they do terrible things like that. Uh, I remember I was heralded as a god one day because I flipped a kid. He came in looking for a truck, and he had no credit history. We already knew he was going to be a high credit. Uh, I flipped him from like a 2016 Dodge Ram that he couldn't afford and put him in a Fiesta, a brand new Ford Fiesta. Um and the opposite the absolute opposite but at the same time the way I worded everything and it was not my finest moment for sure but I just basically told the kid I said hey this is your first car purchase it may not be the car you want but it will help you establish your credit to get you to the car you need or you want and that's the way I worded it and I kid you not, all those managers thought I was a selling god because I was just real with the kid. I was like, you don't need this giant payment and this huge-ass truck. Yeah. Get a $13,000 car instead of a $26,000 car. You're cutting your payment in half. Yes, you're going to have a high interest rate because you have no no history of, of credit whatsoever. But back then, there were rebates on cars. Uh, there are no fucking rebates anymore. All those are gone. Um, no incentives. I mean, all that stuff's gone away. It's, it's, these are weird times, man. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to go back into it. I'm, yeah. I'm doing fine at the pawn shop. I, I really don't want you to go back to that. Now, there, there are no cars. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of dealerships. We've been fortunate because we've been proactive in buying cars. Uh-huh. We get paid as salespeople to just buy cars. Yeah. Um, most dealerships don't offer that. You know, I get paid better to buy a car than I do to sell one. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So. That's great. Yeah. So what's been your worst experience with a customer? I think we already kind of touched on I mean, that. Was that hoop one? No, no, the lady, the, oh, the lady. Oh, the lady. The lady that I... I take my integrity very, very seriously. Yeah. Like I, I, I want to be a good person, not just for me, for everyone else. I want to do right by everybody. And when someone attacks my character, that is a very deep and personal attack. And 
that was by far the worst experience because it was just, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call you those things. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't act a fool. <laughs> uh, what do people not know about sales in general? Um, I think for you, you're going to have a much different experience than me. Um, I, see, let's see. So I worked every day because I also did social media stuff. Do you have to do any of that? It's not required. Uh, it's absolutely not required. Is it helpful? Yes. Um, I have found that I do have a business Facebook, um, under my name, Jonathan Brockman, where I post cars, um, online and let people know, but I also have a personal Facebook account that I've, that I wanted, I didn't want my friends to be subjected to cars every day because, oh my God, he just full in turned into car salesman and this is all the crap that he's going to post now. Yeah. You know, I wanted to still be able to have my own personality outside of work and still be me still say my stupid jokes or my weird anecdotes or whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. But I also wanted to have something that was a professional thing that I could reach out to customers and, and friends. And I preface every friend that's going to friend that account with, Hey, this is my professional business account. You are going to see a lot of cars on here. If that's not what you want to see, then don't bother because this is my business page and this is my personal page. Right. So, yeah. Do you have to fake your views or your persona a lot? No. Um, it's just kind of a, I won't talk about it with you. Um, if I, if I have someone who comes in and they want to talk about that thing, those kind of things, I go, well, I understand your viewpoint because, again, I understand your viewpoint is not saying I agree with your viewpoint. It's I understand. Mm-hmm. How does this help you find a car? And usually people are like, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, we need to talk about the car more than we need to talk about whatever, whatever it is. It yeah. And, and there, there, there are ways to, to get around that, to go back to talking about, Hey, let's find what meets your needs instead of, you know, we could, I could sit here and talk with you all day long, but wouldn't you rather spend your time doing your research? Yeah. And, and Hey, I'm not here to waste your time. Love people love that because I'm not, because again, if I'm wasting your time, that means you're also wasting mine. Yep. You're taking me away from potential clients. So let's stay focused and let's, let's find, (laughs) let's get things done. And again, I'm not going to sell everyone. I get that. Um, that's, that's my demeanor. I'm a very low pressure salesman. I, I'm not going to be, well, you need to buy this car and you need to buy it right away. By God, it's, it's going to be, I want you to make an informed decision. If you're not comfortable yet, don't buy this car. But if everything feels good about it and you feel like it's a smart investment, then let's do business. Yeah, let's just do it if you can. So. Man, uh, 
what oh what has been your biggest sale my biggest sale was an audi s4 i'm having trouble it was it used yes okay okay so you had things you could add or or you could change it wasn't even that it was it was just we bought the car from auction no we didn't buy it from auction we got it from a customer who it was one of those we don't need it anymore we just want this out of it they didn't know what they owed on it mm-hmm. and then the customer that came in to look at it had an Audi A4 I think and looked at the S4 and was like I have to have this I know my car's not worth much and I don't know what it is about Audi customers who, I, I guess, Audi just devalues their car so bad um, at their own dealerships. I don't know. But in the business, that was called like uh, an 11-pounder. Ooh. Oh, boy. That means, listeners, that Mr. Brockman, how much do you, can we say it? That, that was $2,250 that I made. Yeah. In my commission on that car. Um, wow. So I got hookers and blow. Yeah, I'm course. kidding. I'm As kidding. You should. What else are you going to spend it on? I'm kidding. Um, my nose is clean. See, um, when, when I was in RVs, my biggest was a five pounder, but because of the way it was set up, that was five grand. Because nice. I had to add. basically five grand onto the sale price and i went inside and my sales manager came to me was like what'd you tell him it cost and i said i said i don't know he said well i told him it cost this you're gonna get five grand out of it and i was like oh okay um cool and went down and did paperwork and more shady shit um because he was an over-the-road truck driver didn't have uh, pay stubs. You know how bad that is. Oh. What do you do in that situation? Oh. They can't get their tax their tax information. I mean, where I'm at now, there's there's nothing. If you can't prove who you are, you can't. So you can't buy a car. There's a thing you can do. He was an owner operator, over the road truck driver. Which meant he paid himself. Ooh, ten ninety nine. No. No, not ten ninety nine. That's how he. No, he. Sort of. He wrote his own pay stubs. Oh God. He didn't know he was supposed to be writing his own pay stubs, so he had none. He's like, I take it to the place and they give me the money. I said, Ugh. you don't need tax records? or He's like, no. Why would I need that? Was he paying taxes? I don't. I have no idea. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> it, that That's not my problem. You know, it's it's his. I get that. He may be, same, he oh may be a criminal. <laughs> oh, my God. I think he really just didn't know how any of this shit worked. But we found an app. Uh, online where oh, he, where he oh, could no. go make his own pay stub not a crime because he paid himself 
But it definitely airs to the sketchy side of things. It is the sketchiest thing. And my finance manager is in there, like, telling me, okay, I guess this is what we have to do. And he's explaining it to me. And he's like, I called three other dealerships. This is all anybody could come up with. We'll be okay. Um, We're not doing this a lot. (laughs) Like, that's where we ended yeah, I mean, definitely wow. shady, but that's... Wow. He was supposed to be doing this every fucking two weeks from the beginning, and he had been doing it... He was buying the RV to retire. Oh, my God. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he paid taxes. I'm sure he just threw whatever the IRS wanted at them because he made crazy money. I mean, he basically... He got financed on a $65,000 rig after having, uh, you know, two $250,000 um, semi-trailer rig, you know, whatever that set up. Oh, man. Yeah. No, well, and especially if you're over-the-road semi-drivers make good money, especially if they own their own rig. Yes. And don't have to pay. Yes. To, to, oh, man. Yeah, that's wild. It's just one of those situations, and that, I was not going to let it go. So I was, like, calling lawyers and stuff. Will I go to jail for this? It's it's not a crime, but still, maybe. (laughs) No, no. But, yeah, it it felt nervous for a little bit. Yeah, I was nervous, because I found out about it. (laughs) I've never done anything like that, but... I'm also the type that will walk away from a car deal. Yeah. If, yeah. If it if things don't feel right, if everything about it feels wrong, I am going to actively sabotage that car deal because it feels wrong. Um, well, so if I had written up the pay stubs, probably not so great. We actually made him do it. We made him input all of the information on the app from his records, because he did. He did get um, not technically. Yeah, he it's wasn't still getting sketchy. a pay stub. He was getting a. It was like a receipt. So he had to figure out his taxes in whatever state he, he was, was living treating in. Treating himself like he was contract labor, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. But treating himself like he was contracted by himself. <laughs> And that's how his business worked. That makes my head hurt so bad. It, I, it has to have a name. None of us knew it. And it's the reason that places like Stub Creator exist. But yeah, that that was fucking nuts. We were there until midnight and it paid for Christmas. My, like every Chris, everybody's Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, kudos to you for living through that, I guess. I mean... Barely. Yeah. Fuck. So many years ago. Yeah, I've been I've been retired for years. Thank <laughs> fuck. Well, it was three years ago that you were selling? Yeah, more... Three or more, yeah. I mean, because I was still in the business, you were still selling RVs. I yeah. had just started... I just started because I remember we had that group chat. It was me, yeah. me, you, and Carrie, who yeah. apparently is gone off the deep end. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, yeah, um, we would talk about some of the sketchy shit we had to deal with. Yeah, in that group chat for sure. And because she was, she was, she didn't know that she got hired to be like a fuck toy. Yeah, was that it? Yeah, yeah. By the owner or something. Like yeah. she got hired because she was pretty. Yeah. No. God. And they wouldn't take her seriously. I felt terrible. Yeah. Uh, ugh. And then I was working under a bunch of uh, Dominicans who barely spoke English. You were doing the RV stuff. Yeah. At the time. Trying to sell RVs. Uh. That was that was that the place that was doing the the TV thing? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. You tried to get me on over there. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time. Oh. This was early on. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Thank God I didn't entertain that. I entertained it for a moment, and then I was like, no, I need to figure this out first. Yeah. I need to figure out this business for sure before I even look at going into another, because, God, I'd hate to start. Like, that was the thing. Even in car sales, I, I am still green at three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am still a newbie. Um. They say it takes three years to really learn your craft. And, I mean, I I have a pretty good grasp on things, but there are still guys, uh, you know, the, the two veterans that are at our store, I still go to them and go, what do I do here? What do I do here? You know, how do we approach this? How can I help this customer with this problem? Yeah. Those kind of things. I still have people that I can go to with that and now I've also got people coming to me which is weird but also makes sense because any job I've ever been in it seems like six months in and I'm in some kind of trainer type role well I was I worked in sales for nearly 20 years so anytime you need a sales Jedi come to me if you just want some basic sales advice like how do I how do I deal with this rambunctious person RV people are also very weird I Um, bet yeah, they're not like car customers. They're coming the in there for have fun. Eyes customers. Yeah, sometimes they're the Hills Have Eyes family, and sometimes they are already packed up to go on the trip, <laughs> and they're sure that they're going to get into the RV that day. Oh, God, that's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, but you have car buyers like that. You have people who have cleared out their old car, yeah. and they have the title with them and everything, and then... It gets super awkward when they can't buy a car or yeah. they can't come to terms. And it's just like, ee, like, oh, God. Um, that's happened way too many times. I mean, it really has. Yeah. And it, it, there, there are certain aspects of the job that, yeah, that's one of those things that I don't like whenever you have to turn someone down. Um, Definitely. You know. Because I've had little old ladies just well up and cry in my office and things like that. And that's brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you have a heart, if you care about people, it's brutal. If you don't give a shit about people, then it's just another day at the office. But uh, I have a heart. I, I can't not care about people. I don't understand how people can't. Um, yeah. Couldn't imagine. Yeah. Anything you want to add? Um, you know, the business has changed a lot. 
with with the advent of the internet yeah. coming out to the forefront being a mainstream thing now uh, there are places like cargurus.com where people can go shop you know if you're listed on there you can see if it's a good deal a great deal bad deal fair deal those kind of things um, you can actually go and look and see what a car's worth without actually having to go in yeah uh, you can see pictures of the car now you know if somebody sends an internet lead we typically send videos on the car um so that way if they want to see without coming in i've sold many cars out of state that way yeah um you know a lot of the people that work in car sales now especially where i'm at they are there in their career they're that's their livelihood they do want the best for you they do want to help you and there are still places that exist where you can be treated kindly and fairly and not like a fucking number um and of course you know for every good dealership there's nine bad dealerships to give us all that reputation that we're scummy car guys who just want to bang you over the head and take all your money and it's it's really not the case uh where we're at but Getting someone to understand that and getting past those barriers and those walls, that that's the toughest thing. I mean, because being human yeah. is the biggest yeah. thing that helps me sell cars. So now it's time to plug and promote. Plug and promote! Hey, guitar! What you got? All right. So I've mentioned this numerous times. I work for Jackie Cooper Infinity. Um, My name is Jonathan Brockman. Obviously on the podcast is Johnny Brocko, but my professional name is (laughs) Jonathan Brockman. Uh, My government name. (laughs) Um, If you have questions, if you're looking for a vehicle, I would love for you to call me. Am I allowed to put my phone number in here? Do it. All right. You can call me on my cell, 918-805-9061. I feel like that if this blows up and goes viral, I'm going to have to get a new phone. But You'll make lots of money so you'll be able to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you have questions, absolutely come see me. Uh, we're at 8825 South Memorial Drive in Tulsa. And, you know, if you're looking for an experience that's not like any any other car buying experience come see me i'd be more than happy to help you all right and that wraps up our fifth episode it's been five five episodes wow well how about some more guitar skills that was a solo (laughs) just now realizing this is episode five you have got to get the sound bite of johnny five alive Somewhere in there. I've got, I don't know if it's not on here. I had some RoboCop sound bites. Um, I have a <laughs> tiny soundboard. Yeah. And one was yes. I mean, no, short circuit. Then, Johnny Five Alive. Yeah. Come on. I'll get that. I'll figure that out. But, uh, alrighty. So that wraps it up. And uh, you guys have a good night. And I love you. Love you. We love you. <laughs>